0: Good evening. I'm Bill Moss. I'm your host. This is American Patriots. Uh, this is American Patriot News. Excuse me. We rebranded. I almost gave you the old name. Uh, where we fight for the Constitution against corruption, freedom against fascism, and power over politics. Uh, tonight with me, my co-host Debbie and Ed are on with us, and we have a guest, June Griffin. And you might remember June from a little thing that she done last year on the radio. And we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but the main story tonight, June's going to talk to us about deadbeat dads, the deadbeat dad law. And uh, I'm going to leave it with that. And June, could you tell yeah. us about why about why you tore down the Mexican flag in front of that store, ended up on national news, yeah. and ended up facing persecution over it?
1: Well, uh, it's it's not that really complicated. Uh, it's a matter of patriotism, and it's just in your heart. And I had been to a county commission meeting, and uh, there was a Mexican grocery store down on the corner of the main street, and, and um, at the corner of Main and Market. And uh, so, I, my daughter-in-law had said, "This is to the commission that night." She's a redhead. She's a fireball too. I love her.
0: <laughs> Most of them are. <laughs>
1: And so she, I said, let's go down there, Stacy. So we headed down there, and I saw they had this Mexican flag in the front of the window, and it was made a statement that this is Mexico. So I went into the store. It was a Mexican dro- grocery store, purportedly. But anyway, um, I, there's kids sitting on a the stool there, and I tried. I said, get the flag down, and he wouldn't talk to me in English. So I said, uh, I told you to get the flag down. Well, he ignored me, so I walked over to the door, took it off, and left. And uh, so, in in a couple of days. uh, Oh, and by the way, when I got home, I called the guy that was was renting the store. I gave him my name. He he answered in Spanish. He it was an answering machine situation, and I told him who I was, what I did. Why I did it. This is not Mexico. This is the United States. You can't fly another flag here. And I gave him my phone number, and I said, you have to speak English or leave. Well, <laughs> and I, said, I got a call from the sheriff. He said, I've got a, an arrest warrant here. And uh, he said, I need you to come down to the uh, to the jail. Well, I wasn't going to let them do this in a corner. So I immediately called the news, uh, the uh, Herald News, and I asked him to meet me in front of the jail. And I had a, a flag that was at the Alamo. In other words, a reproduction of the Alamo flag. Right. And maybe you didn't know the. There were two flags. There's one for the chapel there. That that chapel. But there's one. I was at a flea market out through the country, and I love to go to flea markets because you never know what you'll find, and I really? found this little book, and lo and behold, it turned out to be an autobiography by Davy Crockett. Oh,
2: wow. And
1: and uh, so I, I as I went my way home reading it, um, he described that at, at the Alamo, they made a flag, and it was basically the first Texas flag. And so my husband, being the craftsman that he was, when he got... Um, we got, went through this Mexican flag deal. He made one of those. He, he um, fabricated one on his, um, um, he had some of these materials that he knows how to do things. He knew, he knew how to do everything. But anyway, it has a, the star of Texas, uh, the words Texas around that star, that single star in the stripes. But can you imagine them being in that, that horrible battle and fabricating a flag? An Alamo flag, so I have it here on my desk, but anyway um I called the, the paper and so I took this other flag that goes with the Alamo itself and and i I made they made the front page news i I was there I am out in front of the jail with this flag, and I'm the new folk hero okay, so he takes me in and he he fingerprints me and and um Booked me, and I posted bond. I was charged uh, with uh, hate crimes, um, theft, uh, assault of the door, which I couldn't break the door. If I had to, it was a metal door, <laughs> and, and phone harassment. So I had some pretty heavy federal, two to four years of federal prison facing me. And uh, it was a Ray County grand jury that indicted me. That made me feel real good. But anyway, I was under indictment for eight months. And so I I did not want it to be done secretly. So I got as much press as I could. And of course it just went all went everywhere because they're always looking for something exciting. Especially somebody's nutty enough to get arrested about a flag. And um, so we, much prayer and much publicity and I made it known that I, I'm not gonna to tolerate another flag. Uh this is the United States, we've got veterans. And there was another man out in and uh, I believe it was in Arizona. He was a vet he was a uh Vietnam veteran. And he took one down in front of a Mexican bar and he and I met him through the phone. But anyway, much prayer and I was speaking of California. Uh eight months later, uh, my I was uh, Talking to a lady in California, Evelyn Bradley, and she had worked on putting Ten Commandments in California. And the DA called, and he said they had hunted in five states to try to bring those people to to bring put me in prison. They hunted for those illegals. They were all illegals. And the DA called, and, and uh, he said, uh, your case is dismissed. They're all illegal and they've disappeared. So the Lord had his hand in it. And, uh, I had another incident. I have this thing about the American flag. Okay.
0: I want to and, say something though. I want our, I want our, our listeners and our viewers to know you're not a 40 year old rebel razzler. Are you? Oh, uh,
1: no. I, it's, been, <laughs> that's, it's been about 10 years ago. Um, like I said, there has been a lot of water under the... Usually it's
0: my age then, right? So Pardon? I said, you're probably about my age then. I'm not a young person. I just no, think, I was, I think it's wonderful because you got grit. You've got grit. You've got, you know, pride in your country. Well,
1: I mean, if you couldn't help it, when God's spirit of patriotism, uh, you know, patriotism is, is just plain normal. Right. And people don't have that in them. Something's wrong with them. And they need to leave the country as far as I'm concerned. But at any uh, rate, first. we had another incident down here with a motel. This guy was from, I guess he had a British citizenship and he owned this motel. So he put <coughs> up on, on the 4th of July, he put up, he had three flagpoles. He had put an American flag, a Tennessee flag, and a British flag. And I went in there, I was mad as a wet hen. And I said, let me get that down. I said, we fought a war starting this day against Britain and we whipped them too I said get that flag down he said I'm calling the police I said go ahead and so I called our county codes officer and I said Ronnie get that flag down and it's a tall pole he said you take it down well there's no way I could take that po- that thing down it's a tall pole you know, one of those metal deals and uh, so I started praying because when you run out of resources we're not out of resources
2: which you got I started,
1: and every time I'd go by there, I'd see that flag flying. And one night, and this is the truth, one night a storm came, and it tore up one flag.
2: <laughs> Praise and God.
1: And from then on, and that's been another about 10 years ago, there's two <laughs> and an American flag. Out there. So God is with us like a mighty terrible one, and when we run out of our resources, we're not out of resources. That's why we have the edge. And I tell people, we've got a covenant with God from 1620. This country is 400 years old. It's not 200 years old. It's 400 years old. When those pilgrims stepped foot out there and executed that Mayflower Compact before they ever got off that boat, 175 of them,
0: Drafted it on a wooden
1: chest, didn't they? Say pardon?
0: Drafted it on a wooden chest. They did. Yeah.
1: For the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. They were on the march to take this territory. They were not immigrants. They were settlers. There was no place to immigrate to. A rocky soil full of wilderness and savages who tried to kill them. And they finally ended up, you know how that ended up, we went with them too, but the fact is that God was with us, and for five years, I waited for 2020, because I knew 2020, according to the Bible and history, every 400 years, there's a major change in a system. And I knew that 2020, every, you go back to Abraham, 400 years, change, change, 400 years between the Old and the New Testament. We break down 400 years all the way through history up to to Luther and the Reformation and come on down to 1770 every 400 years. And I knew that 2020 was going to be a year of reformation for this country. And so we we have that covenant. It's on my wall. Every person ought to have a copy of that Mayflower Compact. And upon that foundation, Article 16 uh, of of the United States Constitution says, all debts and engagements entered into prior to this Constitution are as valid as under the Confederation. And they didn't have to write in about the name of God in the Constitution. It was in Article 16, which plainly says that included the Mayflower Compact. So all those, based on our compact, the Articles of Confederation, the, the Constitution, the Declaration, the, uh, the Declaration the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, all that goes back to 1620. So I tell people, if you love, and we have a covenant with God. It says, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves to pray and seek thy faith and turn from their wicked ways, I, that's a contract between you and God. He said, I will forgive their sin and heal their land. And I tell people, if you love your sin more than you love this country, you don't deserve it. It's The only thing you have to give up for God to do something is to give up your sin. How about that for a contract? That's right. But many love their sin, their worldliness, their Hollywood, their... Ball games, their alcohol, their goofy ways, rather than the foundation. But there's enough people who have done that, and so that that patriotism that's in there, you know, patriotism is a a handmaiden of holiness, because a country is holy. There's a song in the old hymnals. The old hymnals are great. People need to dig out their old hymnals, throw this garbage music away. And it says, he shall reign. This is 1907. He shall reign from shore to shore. There's only one country that's bounded by oceans. That's the United States.
0: All the rest. You know, Jim, one of the things that people don't realize, too, you talk about the Mayflower and everything, and we we kind of brushed on it today uh, on our pre-show call. Uh, Make sure you had your invitation. Uh, This country, the reason the people came over on the Mayflower, they were fleeing two things. They were fleeing communism, and they were fleeing religious persecution. And that's exactly what we're facing today.
1: That's right. And and to lead up to your deadbeat dad, and they called it a segue, whatever, wherever that came from, some think tank somewhere. But anyway, we can use it. Um, I was my, I kept my husband here for three years. Uh, he was bedfast. He he was a wonderful veteran, a, a man of God. That uh, he 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 would actually save the dental industry from unionism. Uh, they're the only industry that has no ties to regulation, and he wrote two articles for the dental lab magazine, and uh, they are they are a free industry. But anyway, uh, we had we started this dental lab, and and I was uh, we were talking about the the deadbeat dads, and I was here taking care of him pretty hard for three years. I almost broke my health, but God was with us. So I'm, I'm sitting here and I've got a lot of old books. I like old books. I like things that are old. So anyway, I have this Magna Carta book. And it kept being impressed on my mind. Get that Magna Carta book down and look at it. Well, it's an old leather bound. And so I opened it up and lo and behold, at, in 1867, in the back of this Magna Carta book, is something called the Civil Rights Law. Oh, Civil Rights Law. Well, that was passed as a result of the bloody war that we fought. And it says that every person, as an individual, has a right to own property, represent themselves in court, prosper as an individual. And it's very comprehensive. No, they had strict penalties. If you got in the way of anybody governing their own property and their own goods and their own family, They, they there was presence in it. Right. I said, wait a minute nothing's wrong here. That was given to each person. Come forward to 1964. What did they do with this so-called Civil Rights Act? They took away the individual rights, made them into a bunch of groupies, blacks, women, sodomites, trans, on and on, under a lawyer. So each one of those groups then were put under a lawyer. Instead of you being able to represent yourself in court, suddenly you had a mediator. And there's one thing about that Mayflower Compact. It gives individual priesthood of the believer. The Bible, the book of Hebrews, God offered the children of Israel back in the 18th chapter of Exodus, he said, I will make you a kingdom of priests. They stood back when they saw Sinai, And they said, send Moses up. Give us a priest like the other countries. They lost their right to the priesthood. But when those pilgrims stepped foot on that territory up there, God sealed to them the right to that priesthood of the believer. How about them apples? And we have rights, as Benjamin Franklin said, the republic, if you could keep it. That meant... That you had to, be, they you had to bear your individual rights, but here in 1964, under these left-wing lawyers, you now you have to have them. They're going to help you out. You can't go before the judge. After all, you're not really educated enough. So, okay, fast forward 1996. Now, mind you. That law was concocted by a bunch of left-wing lawyers, primarily ADA behind it. But all of them jumped in, you know, the freedom from religion, the ACLU, the Southern Poor Liberty Center, and all those other no-counts. So they saw an opportunity to tax the county budget. So they went after your prayer and Bible reading, and they would sue the county. So they'd send in one of these characters, and they'd sue And then he's going to float around the country, and and then the county budget gets attacked. We had a situation up there, the ACLU in Knoxville, where they wanted to bring in pornography into the libraries. Well, I, as a taxpayer, filed a federal intervention suit, and I said, because of the Department of Education, I have standing, and I want them not to get paid. 42 U.S.C. 1988 gave them the right to get paid out of public money. So you know what the judge says you're in so they didn't get
0: paid well you know said, we see we see these these clips on the news and stuff the drag queen exhibitions is all I can call them at, at the at the libraries and we yeah. see we see where they have drag queen and and all of that for the kids where they dress up like that uh, it's teaching immorality it's teaching immorality uh and You know, it's parents wake up. Parents need to wake up. Yeah, Uh, but Another thing that bothered me with your state at one point, they were teaching the pillars of Islam. Are they still doing that? No. Okay. I remember they were doing that and they was having the kids kneel and pray to Allah and all that. And uh, I mean, to me, that just, you know, if you can't have God in the, in the, uh, in the classroom, you can't have God in the school. We shouldn't have none of this.
1: Well, uh, there you There again you go. The reason that the counties capitulate is they, they would get hit with that bill to the ACLU and that means that they had to raise property taxes to pay those bills. So that's why they all knuckled under those, uh, those left wing lawyers because they knew their budgets would get hit with the, with the lawsuit. And that, that's been practiced over and over and over across the country. Well, this is an insert here. You, had, you talked about the Ten Commandments, and when I was in Kentucky, we lived in Kentucky, and that's—I'll give that some other time about my own personal testimony, which that Second Chronicles put me in, in conviction under huge conviction, and I, I dedicated my life right there at Lexington. But anyway, this, this, uh, uh, the Ten Commandments. I helped in Kentucky, we fought your situation up there.
2: Right.
1: Fought down in Alabama. But the Lord impressed me to go to every county as an individual, to go to every county in Tennessee and address their county commission on their right to post the 10 commandments. I went and we never asked for any money. We didn't fight, we didn't get any corporate status. The Lord said, you pay for this and don't ask for money. I'll take care of it out of our own budget. I went to. It took six years. I went from one county commission to the next. I would show up. Hi, I'm June Griffin. I'm from Ray County, where we whipped the ACLU in 1925 over the matter of evolution. I'd like to talk to you about the Ten Commandments. When I got done with that that project, six years, I had 88 of the 95 counties that would stand on their feet. We'll be praying for you when you go across the state. We appreciate you. I remember one colored lady from over in West Tennessee, she came running down the steps. She said, honey, I've been looking for you for a long time. She said, it's time we did this. She threw her arms around me. And so I finished that project and and I and went to the legislature with it. And we, uh, I had a, my husband crafted a, a map of Tennessee showing 88 of the 95 counties, six tabled it for a fear of a lawsuit, and only one county voted against it. And so here we have the whole state of Tennessee, those legislatures passing by there, they wrote a law, and we got 100% no resistance, put them back. And then they saw those are votes. So then an old heady Windbag, the head of the ACLU, she comes by, oh, can I see your paperwork? I said, take a look. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to whip you if it's the last thing I ever do. <laughs> I said to, the, to her, there are 10 amendments, not just one. I said, you want to steal the first ones, you ignore the other nine. She ran. Well, we got the law. The HGR 107 was one of the most hit, beautiful histories of Tennessee. It included the Christian Sabbath. It had all about our Christian history, the Bible history of Tennessee. It is a marvelous document, which I have framed in my house.
3: Awesome. And and then
1: the sheriff, a sheriff up in Carter County, head of Tennessee Sheriff's Association, we made up a plaque with a, what I call the keys to Americanism, Ten Commandments. Declaration of Independence, Bill of Rights. Beautiful. Had it all framed. I said, I want to present this to the head of the Tennessee Sheriff Association. They had a big meeting. There was probably 90 sheriffs there. I said, if any of y'all want one of these, I said, we'll give them to your county. My husband was sitting in the back of the room. He was flooded with cards. Come to my county. we got over 32 sheriffs so far that we've given those documents to. Awesome. It's wonderful. Yeah. So, you know, that was that was that's the that six years from 97 to, to ever that next six years. Well, in 1991, I was impressed that I, I'm going to do away with this. I don't like this social security number. My name is June Griffin. I live 265 Crestview, Dayton, Tennessee. I'm not a number. And I want God to take care of me in my old age. So I wrote an affidavit to the court. I, and I told him exactly that. And I said, you know what? It also might be that number, that beast. Now, I hope it's not. But it might be. And so I filed it. I went out of court for years. And then here came the bribe from the Department of Safety. That in 1996, 42 U.S.C. 666, Hillary Clinton, Donna Shalala, and Janet Reno, who also burned up a bunch of people in Texas, they got a law passed because they're going to help out the women on their child
0: custody. Did you notice that number? I did. Yeah, 666.
1: 42 U.S.C. 666. And what it said was you won't be able to hunt, fish, or drive work or drive, unless you put the number on all licenses. And they did that with a bribe to the Department of Safety, to 150000 I believe it was, that they wouldn't get their grant money unless they did that, because they're going to help out on all this child custody. And you go back to our basic law before all this Hillary Clinton bunch, and when you filed, when you were going to get a divorce, you went down to the the circuit court and you filed as a female or a man and you got a local divorce the federal government had nothing to do with it but under health and human services it became a federal and there's all those agencies and all those bureaucrats and those thousands and thousands of title 42 employees coming in there you have to hire me because I'm a woman you have to hire me because I'm a black you have to hire me because I'm a pervert so they're filled up the government with this health and human services. So the women, the bad women, they run those child custody up and they take away his driver's license if he doesn't pay. And so what does he do? He goes, and we buried a nephew under these circumstances. He would go to court. He was a contractor wanting to work. Judge said, well, your child custody has been doubled. Well, okay, I'll try to pay it, Your Honor. Yeah, but if you don't, you're not going to be able to get a driver's license. Well, he said you've got to pay $2,000 here for a lawyer and know the court costs. And, well, Your Honor, I can't possibly do that. Well, the judge said, okay, uh, I'm going to let you have your license. Here comes an outfit called Maximus. Look it up. It's in countries all over the world. And it is powerful. They walk in there, and they take his driver's license out of his hand. He can't work, he can't drive, he can't do anything to pay his exorbitant, going back to jail, in and out of jail, court costs going up, lawyers going up, that, that, so he didn't do this. It killed him.
0: Don't they he also, Don't they, I didn't mean to interrupt, but don't they also pull your uh, business license now?
1: Hunt, fish, work, or drive. All four.
0: Right.
1: Hunt, fish, work, or drive. And meanwhile, I fell under this because I'm not given any number. So I start suing in court. I got no place. So here are all these... What do these men do? I'll guarantee you 99% of suicide murders... In these d- domestic violence, are because that guy couldn't go to work and drive, and it's a bloody court. I don't. I'll tell any judge, if, if that Maximus is the problem, and they're they're the most powerful mafia. And I, Hillary Clinton's got money in that foundation. This is a massive international, mind you, the ACLU. Is in, this Title Forty Two is not only in the United States; it's all over the world. Uh, my aunt just got out of rehab, so I'm working on her insurance with United Health Insurance to make them pay what they're supposed to pay instead of shoving it off onto Medicare, so the insurance company gets free. And lo and behold, I got a paper here, and it, it's got got uh, this Title Forty Two right here. The company does not treat members differently because of sex, age, race, color, disability, or national origin. And it has every country and every language in the world on this piece of paper. So it's not only the United States is stuck with this Title 42. Now you're talking about an international attack by some evil women. So I'm making it perfectly clear before the world... I I fought women's lib when I was up there in Kentucky. We knew what was coming. There was about 100 women, and we fought women's lib. And I ordered ordered up 24-hour prayer and fasting around the clock, around the country, against uh, Pat Schroeder and her Equal Rights Amendment, and she didn't get it. We had people praying around the clock about that thing, and they wanted to put it on the Constitution. Well, they wormed in the other way. And here's where we are today: It's we've got an army of deadbeat dads out there that are really hurting.
0: Well, you know, I- <clears throat>
1: one day I, I just let me say this one statement, then I'll 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 be quiet. But I I called in on a radio station. I was so mad about this, and mind you, I couldn't hunt, fish, work, or drive either. And so when I called in about that one thing. The phones lit up. He said, "We've never had such a response. You've got men out there that are either drinking themselves to death, committing suicide, or something that is really bad because there's no redress of grievances." And it all goes back to the collective called the Civil Rights Act, as opposed to the Civil Rights Law. And if you go back in history, from nineteen, from uh, eighteen. 67 until 1964 there were a lot of prosperous black people what about the peanut butter king and all of these college professors men like Walter Williams they didn't come in under that civil rights act they came in by their own integrity they came in by their own ambition and volition see what I'm saying and what right. they did is brought Babylon in here with all this garbage and and they wanted to put me in that class with them. Well, well I'm not in it. Thank you.
0: Well, you know, I, just, I want to clarify something with you because I, I'm sure you feel like I do. And if, if you don't tell me, <clears throat> I don't believe that men should not take care of their children. I think they should pay reasonable child support. Oh, absolutely. What I hear you saying is that women often try to get too unreasonable they do things, some of them even lie, okay? And i, and I tell you, I went through, I went through a, a lying ex-wife. Uh, I paid double child support, but I paid it directly out of my disability income uh, where I got disabled as an EMT. And then the, when I went to prove that I was paying child support because Maine was going to extradite me to Maine from Kentucky uh, saying I wasn't paying child support, Social Security would not give me the record, even though it was my money it was coming out of, because I made her representative payee. And if it hadn't been for knowing Angus King and being able to write him while he was governor there, they would have locked me up.
1: Well, they do. And have me to know now, what we're talking about is we've always had a man that would pay his, his child support, not alimony, child support and but now with this system you not only have to pay the child support you have to pay the alimony and all the lawyers and all the uh, all the uh the child uh, care and all the uh HHS and HUD and dot, dot 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 and so the the bill just gets enormous no i am for a man taking care of his child that's not it it's supposed to be local between them the two persons And not this massive, now international bunch of leeches that want to run things. And that's what I'm against. So it's coincidence that it is. I I asked one of these bureaucrats one day. I said, how come you come up with that 666? Oh, it's just coincidence. I said, okay. You can say what you want to. I think they did it deliberately myself. But that's where we are. We've got an army of... Go ahead. We've got an army of men that have done, and I'm not. Believe me, it's not male or female with me. I'm after those lawyers, and 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 what they did, the legal system. What my mother graduated from law school in 1944. Okay, and it was a prestigious law school in Chattanooga, and the re, they only had four graduates because all the men were at war, so. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> she graduated. She started a, a real estate company. She wasn't there to be a man. She wanted to use her her uh, knowledge to build her a business. But in 1970, let's say 75, she said, "You know, I never took the bar." She said, "I, I should. I want to finish what I started back there." She was a fine lady. I'll sometime I'll call in and tell you all about my mother. She was top-notch. But anyway, she said, "I, i just like to kind of take the bar and take the test as a kind of finish of my life. She brought all these law books up there to my house. I said, Mother, there's no need studying all that. I said, memorize Supreme Court decisions the last 10 years, and you'll pass the bar. She laughed at me. She called me from Knoxville. She said, guess what the test was on? I said, Supreme Court decision of the last 10 years. It broke her heart. She died with cancer two years later. It's a joke. It's a garbage precedent case joke. And the worst, the most criminal element of the legal system deals with safety. There was a colored lady that in Chattanooga. She had a little baby. And he, she was holding that baby in her lap in the front seat like you're supposed to be able to do. The, they had a wreck. The baby was killed. She was charged with murder. And I call they that... let these
0: men and women lock their babies in the car and forget about it. They let them off.
1: Right. And I I call that that lawyer... That government lawyer, I read her the Right Act. I said, You don't you know nothing of law, motive. I said, how cruel can you get? Here's this woman lost her child and you're charging her with murder and we had another one down here like that too. It gets me fired up again. But anyway, that the Department of Safety is the most cruel, unusual, idiotic how long do I have to describe this?
0: As long as you they want don't, to Because
1: you're tapping right into that de- that insurance company that runs the state. At one time I was going through the halls of the legislature and the, the senator said, "Miss Griffin, what do you think about government involvement in insurance? I said, tell me what the tallest building in Asheville is. He said, life and casualty. I said, there's your answer. <laughs> so that's that's what I have to say about this deadbeat dad. I'm very... I, I would like to see the men go back to that Second Chronicles seven fourteen, pour out their liquor, uh, get on their knees, and quit trying to murder everybody, and God will make a way out of this.
0: You uh, know, the problem is we have too many broken homes, and as the, each generation grows up, more and more grow up, either without a father or mother figure in it. And well... It takes a family to raise a child. Not have, only that. You know, the mom that- and dad, the mom and dad teaches the child how to compromise in life. They teach the child how to stand up in life in different situations. They give them a moral and a religious background if you know if, if they're a good family. <laughs> Excuse me. And it's, you know, we need we need the people to get back rooted in the Bible. That's what the country was founded on. It's what, what, you know, the Constitution it's, was founded on.
1: It's the B-I-B-L-E. They fell the rotten television. Quit taking them down that sodomite bastion down there, Disney World, and and stop this entertainment mess. There's nothing more wonderful than a child to sit down and listen to his granddaddy tell about how he built the country. Yeah. And. I and,
0: remember
1: and, my granddaddy doing that. Right. And we've got some we've got a bunch of great, wonderful older people that built the country or a business or and they've been ruined by the system. They've been put down. They've been told they didn't amount to anything because they have these glittery professionals everywhere that you have to go through all the the glo- the glitter of the university where you get your brain scrubbed. And and you don't have the Henry Fords anymore, but I do praise God that there's been a massive homeschool movement. Um, uh, but you know, people like us are very dangerous. Uh, when I was working at the at at the university, I remember this a few minutes ago. I did pray about this meeting tonight. I was working at the university, and when I saw them burning that American that American flag up there and, and burning the ROTC building. That's when I got on my knees. I couldn't stand it. So I gave my life to the Lord. Well, I got up a petition, and we wanted to get out to the people, and it basically said we're going to drive the communists off of the University of Kentucky campus. So I wanted to get to the people, you know, and they were having a Lions Bluegrass Fair. So right. that would be a good place to get signatures. So we rented a booth and put up little signs and all this, come sign this petition. Before the fair started that night, we got a phone call. You better get over here. The SDS had threatened to blow up the fair if our booth wasn't removed. You know what the SDS was? Students for a Democratic Society, whose grandfather was Clarence Darrow. Yeah. And and they threatened to blow up the fair if our booth wasn't removed. So I went over there and there's a real roving reporter, I grabbed the microphone out of his hand. I said, "We've been we just been Ordered out of this, but Vega threatened to blow up the fair. I was on front page the next day, Lexington Herald.
2: Good for you. Couple
1: citizens group threatened to blow up the fair by the S.A.S. Well, man, all we got the five thousand signatures across the state of Tennessee, of Kentucky, and it was a great day. I was on talk shows and everywhere we got. But you think about how dangerous. Now, what what harm could we do with that little old petition? that they would call the head of the Lions bluegrass fair and tell them they're going to blow up the fair if we weren't removed. You see how dangerous you are?
0: Yeah. I know know we, uh, just with what we do, uh, Debbie can attest to this. I've had several death threats, haven't I, Debbie? Yeah,
2: how how dangerous are you? Yes, you have.
0: But I mean, one
2: of them uh, I can only add. One of them has been from me. Oh,
0: one's been from you. (laughs) I think been more than that from you, Debbie.
1: (laughs) Cut it in for him.
0: (laughs) No, I I I worked Debbie hard. I really do. She's she's a great woman. Well, I
1: appreciate you all letting me go on about this, but I was trying to wrap it up around this. The whole thing is. A legal
0: system
3: that's out of control. Yes, we uh, I agree. How about you guys? Coming from a California point of view, yeah, definitely it's out of control. They lock us up for everything out here.
1: You're in California
3: too. I'm in Northern California in the Bay Area. He's available, well, and they won't let him carry
0: but one gun. Yeah, and I I'll can't carry read- it he go out of arrest a murder, or he
3: can only have one gun on him. And I'm not allowed to carry a baton anymore.
1: Oh, how ridiculous. Well, we've got a Bill of Rights, and, and you know, those three documents I'm talking about, I've we hold an annual Bill of Rights banquet, and I have this to be our 20th year to educate the people. To, because the Bill of Rights is the opposite of the, the Civil Rights Act, okay? They just shoved that down. Just put that, eclipsed that whole Bill of Rights with that, civil rights act because they make so much money with their legal system on it. But um, if I were in California, I take that one County at a time and I take that 10 commandment resolution to all those counties.
0: Now I'll tell you something I would like to offer you and we can talk about it off air. Uh, but I speak on state's rights Uh huh. and anytime that that group, or you can get the sheriffs together, and they'll let me talk to them. I will talk to them about the state rights and the sheriff's obligations as a constitutional officer.
1: Well, we, there's a great movement about that. It's hard to get people together. Once a year, I have these banquets, and, uh, and that's about the only, the people will not gather together right now, OK?
2: Right, everybody they will right. not.
1: Things are, are, are too comfortable. Uh, you can't even them out to church much less to a, a patriotic meeting. I've held I've had meetings down here at the courthouse and on um, the Fourth of July and advertised in the paper. Let's have a fourth of July rally. They're not coming. Our they local don't papers
0: out. wouldn't even run our ads.
1: Well, I paid for it. And 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 they they did run it, but nobody came.
0: We we, I, we I, ours at the county courthouse and the paper wouldn't run the ads.
1: Well, it, it, this this is a time for the individual effort. That's the way. It, it's going to be individuals that are going to win, and, as opposed to this uh, Babylonish collective. Uh, the people, have they're comfortable. Things are not really that bad, although they're all real mad about this last stolen election. And everywhere you go, everywhere I go, they say, oh, isn't it terrible? It's awful. I said, okay, let's how about." You know, get to, we go, people won't even go to church. Right. I mean, what What's the matter with them? Um, and I've been going, of course, I go to this little Baptist church because there's not a Nazarene church. Here we have church here in our house once a month with a small group of people. And other times I'm going to be there three times a week to kind of, you know, go to church. You're supposed to be going to church. But the number one sin, uh, Let me let me ask you all, What's
3: the number one sin in the United States? The number one sin in the United States? Oh. I'd say, go ahead, Ed. Uh, I'm going to have to go with probably, probably adultery.
2: Nope.
1: The Sabbath. The Sabbath. Sunday. Every revival, also history, one day a week belongs to God. And because we left off making it holy and we've made it man's day, Lord said, okay, try it yourself for a while. That day, remember to keep it holy. Our forefathers, they did all their cooking on Saturday, but you weren't. You would you'd be thrown out of church if you went visiting on Sunday.
0: You know the Hasidic Jews on their Sabbath, they will not even turn a light switch on at night. They have what they call, you know, the Gentiles that they hire to come in to turn the lights on and off at night. And if if they eat a hot meal, it's cooked by a Gentile that night. Uh, well. I mean, I'm telling
1: you that in our country, and it's in our constitution. It's called that. No law is any good that's passed on Sunday. Did you know that? That's in the constitution. It's called the <laughs> Sunday's accepted law. And all this, all these meetings that they have in the state capitals and in the national capital, they're they're not legitimate because no law is any good. Uh, there's a book. Y'all heard of Bill Federer? America's God and Country. He wrote a wonderful. Compilation I,
0: heard of, of I heard of it. I've
1: not. I didn't know the name. Yeah, Bill. It's called America's God and Country by Bill Federer, and and I called him one time and I said, I said, uh, what does your book say about the Sabbath? 14 pages about the keeping Sunday, the holy day. 14 pages of quotes. And 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 if you keep the Sabbath, the Sunday, if Sundays our Sabbath, let's just, that's. That's the bottom line, resurrection of Jesus. You keep that, it builds something in you called temperance. And you find a person who is very careful. And I'm not talking about legalism. I mean, obviously, there are some things that have to be done, you know, doctors, nurses, whatever. I'm not talking about legalism. I'm talking about honoring God with a separate day, going to church with your family or your friends, whatever, When you do that, it builds something in you. I represented God in the Bible in the Tennessee sodomy case. And by a miracle, all these Christian lawyers left because I wouldn't let them get paid out of tax money. So I was the one that represented God in the Bible. And I told the judges, I said, Your Honors, if you look up in the light fixtures, the Ten Commandments is in every light fixture in this courtroom. And I entered a paperwork about an inch thick. And I wrote a paper called Temperance Versus Sodomy. And temperance is it, it's very vital to a person's character because temperance, with temperance, you can abstain from adultery, lying, bearing false witness, dishonoring your parents. You have a temperance in there that one day a week, you're setting aside this as a holy day to God. And all the way through the Bible. And he says, that is a covenant between me and you. He said, and he said, those that keep my Sabbath, he said, they'll have the heritage of Jacob, my father. And they'll ride on the high places of the earth. And I can testify to to you all, as both of you are, I consider y'all friends. I can testify that I have seen that come to pass in my life. Because we have been, my husband. Was a Montgomery. He was out of the Montgomery family. He's the Griffin, but his mother was a Montgomery. They were famous for keeping the Ten Commandments. And I and I have ridden on the high places of the earth because of that. And you know, he when he passed away, he told me a day or two before he passed away, and it's coming up to the fourth of July. And uh, he said, I've never depended on. Answered prayer so much as on the divine providence of Almighty God. And I hope that this July the 4th, I mean, it makes me, brings me to tears to even tell you this, but I hope that on this July the 4th, you all will read that in a worship service, even if you have to get together with just your family in your house. There's more sermons in the Declaration of Independence than most churches have in a whole year. With a firm reliance on divine providence. That's our national heritage, that God would overlook us. He would w- w- watch over us, put a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night, that he would perform miracles. And miracles. I've, been, I've been making a record of answered prayer and miracles so I can give to my grandchildren. I want them to know about the miracles, the military miracles. I had a desert storm man here the other night, and I said, did you read about the well? that these these Desert Storm veterans, it didn't make the front page, but they had no water. And out in the middle of nowhere, because they prayed, water sprang out of the ground like an artesian well. There's a place down in Georgia that was a Civil War camp, and those men were so tortured with the, the, I forget the name of the camp, you'll probably know it, but they had no they the, the conditions were horrible. The the way that they were treated.
0: Andersonville and they, what? Andersonville.
1: Absolutely. <clears throat> Have you read about that well that came out there? And the water comes out of it. It sprang it began to, they started praying, Lord send us water. And that spring is sprung out of the ground and it's still there.
0: Those men didn't have TVs and computers and cell phones in that jail. They didn't have food. They didn't have water. They were beat and treated like dirt. That's right. They were tortured. and For anybody to stand up and say that prisons now are too mean to the inmates, Uh -uh. they need to go back and read history.
1: And that that water, God heard them. He saw their torture. He saw their distress. And he, he... Bring up a well, isn't that wonderful? And if you if you read our history, it's full of miracles, of acts of God. And and that's what I want to see California. I I really, you know, the Bible said one to chase a thousand, two ten thousand. Why can't you two California people take California by storm? I say, Lord, give me California. Uh, In matter of fact, John Calvin, uh, uh, John Knox, give me Scotland or i die. Right. And Mary Queen of Scots said she feared the prayers of John Knox more than all the armies of Europe. Why not? But someday, and I tell people, you're going to give an account to God what you did with this country. I mean, I'm getting close. My husband was 88 when he passed away. I've seen miracles. And whenever we would get, things would get really bad here. And I, I and it was hard. I'd say, honey, don't forget. In God we trust. And every time I would remind him, the Lord would come in there and scratch his back. Remove the pain. Well,
0: you We'd know. It was last year, Debbie, Debbie started with me. I think before you didn't, she had. Um, Debbie started with me right off the bat, just about. um, I had a situation that everything was going wrong in the country and I'm sitting here, I'm 60 years old, you know, at the time. And God tells me you got to do something. And I'm like, God, I'm too old. Well, what am I going to do? Right. He says, you can, you can lead people. You can help. Yeah. And I wrestled with God, but I learned a long time ago, uh, that you don't argue with God because God broke my back and got me saved. Uh,
2: Amen.
0: so I learned not to wrestle with God. So finally, after talking to him for a couple of weeks, <laughs> trying to talk him out of it, I decided to act upon it. We started the organization Citizens Against Terrorism. We've worked with police and the rights and everything else. And God has put a shield over us. Our people okay. that face danger uh, and we've not lost anybody or had anybody seriously injured. And That's
2: wonderful.
0: so it, you know, it, it doesn't matter your age. If God calls you, you got to act upon it. And uh, you've got to follow what what he leads you to do, and you do it, and and you go on. And it has been a blessing. It has been a blessing. Uh, at least, like you say, when when uh, life closes its final curtain, I can look yeah. in the eye and say, I stood up for my country, and I stood up for you.
1: Exactly. And and I tell people, we have you'll have a double. You'll have a double. Responsibility. Not only are you gonna have to give an account for Jesus' blood that died for your sins, but also for the country, because this country is like no other.
0: He's had a hedge of protection around us for almost 245 years. Come 4th of July be 245 years since the signing of the Constitution, not counting the time back to the Mayflower. Exactly. So we've we've had this hedge of protection around us, and like you said. We've turned away from God in many ways. We, you know, we're, uh, and I'll tell you, I'm guilty, you know, not always keeping the Sabbath. So, I mean, we have done this, we have done this and we have alienated ourselves from him, not him from us, but us from him. Yes. You know, I always said, uh, when I was preaching, I always said, nobody can pluck you from the hand of God, except for yourself. Exactly. Because God gives us free will. I and mean, if you turn your back on God, he's still standing there. Yeah. You have to turn back around and come back. And, his mercy.
1: Uh, his mercy. Uh, he He is merciful. And throughout the Bible, when they would repent, he would repent. Right. It's okay, I'm not going to do it right now. And, and we have an everlasting covenant with the Lord in this country. The pilgrims said, this is the Israel of God.
0: But that repentance has to be out of sincerity too. It it can't be well. I can go out Saturday night and get drunk, and I can repent Sunday, and I'm oh. for the week again. Uh, that no, that's that way. There's a lot of people that that uh, believe they can live like hell all week long and then get holy on the weekend. That's going to cover them in the end. And
1: no, no, there's no <laughs> indulgence. Not going to do it. Uh-uh. No, no. You. He said. He said you're a holy people. You you're holy to me. You know holiness to the Lord was written on the forehead of those priests and and to be to be specially protected I've seen protection in my own life, and I know you have too and if every American I used to have i kept my grant my son's store for three years before my husband got sick people come in i mean they they want to talk and and this the the united States if you get an individual down, they will tell you. I'll tell you one time, I was almost in a wreck and, 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 and I, and the Lord just saved me right there or something, you know, they they all have, have that little, if you get them quiet enough, they'll say, well, you know, one time, one time, they all have that.
0: It's it's odd that you should mention a wreck because it's just been a month or two. Um, We were in London. and we were coming down the bypass there you know you know london yeah uh, we was coming right there from 25 headed in toward the the walmart
2: oh 25
0: a wreck started on the light now we were on on the bypass we'd just come off 25 we was about 200 yards from the light when somebody got clipped and then the car proceeded to hit a total of seven vehicles we were We were in the middle of all of it. Me, me driving my truck. We were in the middle of all of it. Cars was coming at us. I was dodging back and forth across all the lanes. I had pieces of cars flying at my vehicle. And at the very end, he he T-boned a SUV, a large SUV, flipped ten feet in the air. It landed on its tires, and it came head-on at my truck. And right as I went to cut in the ditch, it was just like God took his hand and just shoved that car backwards. Exactly. And um, it, it, you know, it had to be the hand of God. It had to be the yeah. hand of God. And the right. poor lady that was sitting in the door, on the pasture side where it was hit was killed. Is that uh, right? We got stopped, you know, a couple come up to us and, and, and the guy, you know, uh, he had a, a history like me you know as a firefighter and stuff you know we you know we're used to some hairy driving and yeah. he come up to me and he says i never seen anybody handle a vehicle like that he said how uh-huh. did y'all keep from getting killed and i said god had his hand on us i said did you see that cargo coming at us all of a sudden go backwards up that hill he said wow yeah I, I said that was god i said god. i said we were in his hands you Say. know and my past was just like this, you know, shaken to death, you know, uh, because they had they had been in a bad wreck previously. And then when I got out, and was helping people, one of the ladies uh, that got hit, uh, she was going all to pieces. She had post-traumatic stress disorder from a awful wreck. She had been in when somebody else had been killed. Uh, but, you know, the first one I checked was the one that was screaming. It was closest to me. It was the guy that caused the wreck. And the sad part was, he was so high. He didn't know his name. Uh-huh. I mean, he was just out of it, crazy. About and, you know, that's another, I, I don't even want to get into the drug problem. I <laughs> will be here at four in the morning. But, Thanks, I you, mean, you know, you're right. Uh, everybody has that moment in their life. And, and to me, it, it's almost like a religious moment, because you either recognize God's hand is upon you, or... Right or you're so blind that uh, you might never be able to be reached.
1: Right, and and people have those testimonies. If you get them quiet, they'll tell you. Yeah, I, that happened to me with the military. I mean, look at the military, just huge answers to prayer. So I, I really appreciate the time that you've let me do so much talking.
0: Um, well, we enjoyed you, and I wanted to hear your stories. Uh, hear what you had to say because uh, JC had, had really told me said you was an interesting and, and very you know you would be a great guest so we thought we'd have you on I uh, uh, thank Eddie, you do you or Debbie have any questions for Jen
3: no I don't have any questions I was just listening to everything she had it's very insightful
0: yeah That's
2: very
1: fascinating Brilliant. You're, you're, I could listen to you all day
0: and night. I told you we had some strong women in Kentucky, didn't I? <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Hey. Uh,
0: <clears throat> it may they call it moxie. Down here we call it grit.
1: Well, whatever it is, <laughs> all I, old-fashioned wrath uh, a lot of times. I mean, it's time to get mad about some stuff. Yeah. Because... We've we've had I mean we've had enough. That's all there is to it. And and I'm not talking about going wild and shooting anybody. But you don't have to do much, really. Uh, I if you say the word militia, they just go to pieces. So you don't have to really do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what do you? mean, since your people say, since your husband passed away, what do you do? I said, well, I'm a chaplain of the of a First Tennessee Rifle. Really. really? Now, you know, they just—you don't have to fire a shot. Uh,
0: they just start backing away, don't they? Uh, yeah.
1: Wow. Get away from her. You know, like
0: you're one of those—you one of those what? what they call them uh, redneck. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Whatever. You know, I mean, you know, just just because that you believe in the Constitution, you're willing to stand up for it, then you're considered a redneck. You're considered a racist. I mean, this country is, is pitiful. It's well, pitiful.
1: the word racist doesn't exist. I've got an Ox, Oxford's unabridged dictionary that was published in 1971. Not even a word. It's not in the dictionary. It's a made-up guilt trip for no reason. I don't, I don't even accept that word. Uh, it's, it's not a word. I don't use it. It's, it's not a word. It's just, it's, it's just a blob of goop.
0: Well, you know, it's like they say, if you don't believe in letting the prisoners out of jail, you're a racist. Well, there's prisoners of every race in jail. Oh, my. How do you figure that? You know what I'm the, saying?
1: That's the best they can do.
0: Yeah. And if you're not a racist, you're sexist. You know, uh, if, if you're not a, a racist or a sexist, you're a white supremacist. You know, I know black people. It's called white supremacists. I mean, it makes I, it I
1: was I went down to the Roy Moore rally. This was funny. Uh, Judge Roy Moore, you know, when they took away his the actually they attacked the people of Alabama because they took away their right. They voted in Roy Moore twice and the judges just plain went over the vote. But anyway, I had on I have a union hat. I would have been for the union because I was for keeping the country together, even though the the South was right, we couldn't break up the country. So I have this this Navy a civil war hat. I'm out there in Montgomery, Alabama. And this female (laughs) officer comes up to me. She said, Get that rebel hat off. I said, And this color guy standing next to me, he's with Roy Moore too. He said, She doesn't know the difference between a rebel hat (laughs) and
0: (laughs) a. Well, you know, slavery was a bad thing, but the the, the thing that really gets me about the whole deal now is they attribute slavery to the Republicans because most Republicans live south now. But they don't realize that the Republican Party was formed to fight slavery. And the first Republican president elected was Abraham Lincoln, who signed the Emancipation Proclamation and freed the slaves. And the Democrats have voted historically against Black civil rights. And it's just like they're ignorant You know, it, it, it boils down to one thing. And, you know, I, I've said this several times, we promise you reparations. You vote for us. How many years did they promise reparations? 50. We promise you a cell phone. Oh, I won't get me an Obama phone. So they vote for it. Okay. <laughs> this time they promised them a seat at the table at the white house. I would like to know where the seat for BLM and Antifa is at the White House, because they're still standing outside the gate screaming their head off. They're not getting in. And, uh, here, yeah, that's- and they elected a man that called Black people and referred to them, said if they went into the uh, school systems, that they would be like cockroaches and infect the whole thing. He said Black people were nothing but cockroaches.
1: Well, as long as there is an Internal Revenue Service, we're all slaves.
0: Yeah. And it's being weaponized. I want to bring this up because you said that. The deal with John McAfee, he was no saint, don't get me wrong, okay? I don't know. John McAfee was targeted by the weaponized IRS over the Bitcoin thing. Okay. He said he had records that all of his Bitcoin money went to his employees, okay? Okay. But they arrested, they sent out an international warrant on him, had him arrested in Barcelona, Spain. He was put in jail. He was being brought back here. But John McAfee knew some stuff on some people. They found him, the hung, they found him hung in his jail cell. Was I think it was yesterday, wasn't it, Debbie? Is that right? They found him hung in his jail cell in Spain before he got back here. Supposed it's suicide. It's amazing, you know how the the IRS number one is being used to weaponize against conservatives. The other thing is really amazing, is that anybody that fights the Democrat Party ends up hanging by a doorknob. Well, or- the,
1: the Internal Revenue Service has never been legitimate, but uh, that's why I, was, I said don't talk to me about slavery. If they take your money before you ever get it. And and that's the biggest slave trade in the world. It's the Internal Revenue Service. So I don't want to. I don't want to hear anything about right. slavery. That, that's just. Uh, well, when you show the-
0: me a living slave from 1865 or before, I will pay their reparations until well, we, they don't expect we, me to pay uh, them.
1: California,
3: it's, go ahead. What you say, Ed? I was well here in California, uh, Emperor Newsom has already signed a law giving reparations. Now they're in the process of figuring out how they're going to do it. And what they want to do, what's proposed is they want to tax us to pay it. And I'm refusing to pay that. Good for you. And if you decide to leave the state, they're going to try to tax you for 10 years. Yeah, they want to, California wants to start Mm -hmm. taxing you to move. If you're moving away, they want to tax you. It's called how, an exit. Well,
1: how are they going to collect that?
3: I don't know. Elon, they call it an exit tax. Elon Musk,
0: Musk have good luck with that.
1: I don't think they won't get anywhere with that because how are they going to collect it?
0: Number one, it's unconstitutional. You, unconstitutional. You can't collect a tax from one state on a citizen that lives in another. Well, they do the, have a border police or something.
3: Well, I have. I've had uh, California when I went through my divorce in uh, two thousand nine. Or no, 2013, I had a, uh, because there was unpaid taxes federally or state from the state on my wife's side, and they could not locate her because she went off the grid. Uh, I was to pay those taxes, even though we were divorced, and the California seized my federal tax money.
1: Oh, boy. see
0: that's 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 where that crookery comes in that's
3: what i was fixing to say That they've worked through the internal revenue service so we've both we've both been uh we've both been victimized by axes huh well there was that woman i forget that woman's name um the one you're married to no no the uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'd like to <laughs> uh that one I was one married that, to watch her face you know <laughs> um <laughs> That black lady that used to be an IRS agent, she went to prison for three years for. Julia uh, Brown. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I, I, my husband uh, picked her up at the airport in Kentucky and so she spoke at a Birch meeting. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: That's something Debbie knows about John Birch Society.
1: We never were in the society, but we went to some of their meetings and she needed a ride, so he picked her up at the airport. She The Earth
0: Society is what woke Debbie up to what's going on now. Years ago, wasn't it, Debbie?
1: 1969, 13 years old. Is that right?
0: She read yeah. a pamphlet.
1: There's a lot of people that it did wake up. Like I said, we didn't belong, but we did. We we went to some of their meetings and had a lot of friends uh, that way. But now, Ed, what you're saying is they'll they'll tap into your federal.
3: Um, yeah. To. California will seize anything they can, and they they've got the connections to do it. A rotten mess. I've you I've actually had they've held my tax return one year and said we're going to hold this for future uh, violations.
1: Wow, wow!
3: I've, I've never once seen a tax return in the state.
1: You have I, income like, tax in California?
3: Me, no, not anymore.
1: I mean, in other words, do they have a, a state income tax? Yes.
3: Oh yeah, it, yeah. Up here, it's eight and three quarter percent. In you my sales, area.
1: You have sales tax.
3: Yeah.
1: They we outlawed the income tax. that We worked on that and got that done. It's, it's against the law to put an income tax in Tennessee. Oh wow. Yeah, that's that's one of the things we did get done.
3: I'd like to know how you guys did that, so I could try to propose that idea out here and get signatures on it.
1: Uh, you would, you could get it done. It, it's a lot of work, but we did it, and, huh. and we, did, I mean, we did it. And it, it's against the law to pass an income tax in
0: Tennessee. Y'all don't have sales tax either, do you?
1: We do have a sales tax. Oh, do you? Yeah, which I, I, you know, you have to have money. So I don't mind the sales tax, and you don't. I don't have to buy that stuff. I go yard sales. Right. I'm number one boycotter. I, I, I'm my name my middle name is boycott
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm so radical I know
0: a lot of businesses has lost mine
1: yeah a flea markets, yard sale uh, individuals you know if I find a guy sitting pre- selling produce on the side of the road i buy from him before I go down to the corporate store but uh, you, you can't avoid most of the stuff you have to get from the corporate but but Tennessee is—I—I'm I, telling you, God bless this Tennessee. It's—it's it's certified. <laughs> I put that on Facebook. I have a Facebook page, June Griffin. You can go on there and read my wild stuff. But I said, you know, the Bible says that He'd bless a country 35 let's see thousand times. It says a generation is 35 years. Tennessee's Ten Commandment Counties, the way that Tennessee passed those Ten Commandment Counties, they're going to last another 33,000 years because he said, (laughs) he said, know that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keeps covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. So if that generation is 35 years, Tennessee has 33,000 years to go. (laughs) I mean, that's a thousand generations. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Debbie, call me sometime on the phone and we'll have a prayer meeting. Love that. I will do that. I'll give you my phone number. It's 423-775-0774. I love that. I will do that. And and I'm taking a picture of your number on my phone as well. Okay, that's fine. You know, people are afraid to put their numbers out. Nobody's going to call you. I put it on Facebook all the time. Nobody ever calls. I think they think you're probably trying to trap them or something. I just like to talk to people.
0: Well, they call my number. I'll either talk to them or I'll block them. I don't care.
1: I just, if they call here with one of those calls, I just ask them, are you saved?
0: (laughs) Oh, you should have been when they called me for the car warranty. Oh, got I have fun with them, you know, because they say press one to talk to a representative. <laughs> and I've told this before, i will tell it though, it's funny, Epidemic. Uh, this this guy gets on the phone and uh, he says, What kind of vehicle do you got? I said, I got a 96 Mustang. He said, Well, how many miles is on it? I said, 10,000. Said, you don't drive it very much, do you? I said, no, I said, try to take it easy on it. So I won't keep it around a while. He said, well, how many cubic inch engine does, a liter engine does that have in? I said, mister, I don't know nothing about liters, cubic inches, or none of that. I said, one thing I'll tell you, it's one horsepower. <laughs> That's an awful small motor. He said, How's it make it up the hill? I said, well, I'm a big guy. And I said, it's a little hard on it. I said, but I just <laughs> let it go along. It's, you know, slow, get up the hill. He said, is it a convertible or hardtop?" hard top? I said, ain't got no top on it. He said, well, that'd be a convertible. <laughs> he said, what kind of brakes? I, I said, I just kind of grab a hold of the reins, lean back and say, whoa, horsey. <laughs> 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 he said, you're real smart Alec. I said, no. I said, uh, actually, I said, you guys are wasting my time. I said, if you don't want to be bothered with me, quit calling me. And then I had a lady <laughs> called and done the same thing to her and uh, they left me alone up until about the last few days. And that's been four or five months, hadn't it, Deb, since I did that. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I love doing them that way. I love doing them that way. Uh, you know, the sales club calls, my phone now uh, warns me if, if it's spam or telemarketing or whatever, uh, most of the time. But what they're doing, and people don't know this, uh, I had I had several calls. And they was calling me and you called my number. I said, no, I didn't call your number. Who are you? You know, well, who are you? I said, well, you called me this time. So you tell me who you are. And uh, so they finally say who that was. And they said, but you called my number. I said, no, I did not. I said, this is like the third or fourth call I've got like this, you know, this one guy. And uh, so uh, I told him, I said, next time they call I said, just uh, try to find out who they are and then call me and uh, i see if you can record the call. So it ended up because before that, we had people saying they was coming to somebody's house to pick something up and all this stuff and that yeah. it was me. And I had people call me. I don't know you. Why are you coming to pick up at my house? And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And we were concerned because it's during the death threat times that we were afraid somebody was going to get hurt or yeah. that I would be framed for something. And uh, but we found out the other day that they have spoof cards and they can buy these cards and they can use anybody's phone number with this spoof card, and it's untraceable. Yeah. So that's why you get a lot of these marketing calls that has a local phone number. They're, they're basically cloning somebody's phone number
1: well if they call here i just ask them if they're saved
0: uh, we've got a Did thing I... here if you get we got a thing here if you break into somebody's house we ask them do they know jesus and right if if they say don't say they don't say so, well you get ready to meet him
1: <laughs> yeah i understand that too
0: <laughs> but uh you know there's uh I mean, there's all kinds of of these scams out here now, and people have to really, really watch. And uh, I, I well, I'm sure
1: that California, you know, California, there was a lot of good Nazarene beginnings out there. the The Nazarenes had a that's that's really Phineas uh, Brazil, and they had a they had a mighty revival there. Now, I'm not talking about these. Tongue speakers. I'm talking about the Nazarenes, and they had very sound doctrine and very patriotic. In fact, we use the 1936 Nazarene Manual, and it's it orders you to fight communism. That's one of the ordinances in the book. Is you have to resist communism.
0: You know that's not in the new manual.
1: No, but it is in 1936. And they also
0: have a conscientious objector rule
1: now. Oh, by Edwin York finished and- that off.
0: When I, when I became a Nazarene pastor, I, I have been in the military, and when I became a Nazarene pastor, they said, uh, how do you feel about the conscientious objector? I said, I will not sign the paperwork, and they said, what do you mean? I said, I will not sign the paperwork. I said, I do not believe in that. I said, what I'll do, I'll tell the person, this is what the Bible says, this is what I believe. If you want somebody else to sign the paperwork, then I'll refer you to another pastor
1: that's something new because Nazareth. they
0: accepted a- that they accepted that but I mean me if you're going to live here you got to fight for as it. a soldier or if it comes yeah. right down to it against a domestic energy, enemy as a citizen you yeah, better yeah. darn well be willing to fight for it
1: yeah that stuff came out of the 60s now, Alvin York took care of that problem because you know he he uh I was a friend of the York family uh-huh. have you all ever watched that uh Sergeant York movie.
0: Yeah, uh, it, his his hometown is really not that far from here.
1: Not well, it's a couple, a couple hours. hours. But I I know the family, and I went to his son's uh, wedding, and one of Ed, York's best friend sat across the table from me, and he told me, he said Alvin York was out there. He said, "Lord, you're going to have to save these Germans, because I'm fixing to kill them."
0: Did Ollie and, Murphy uh, star as Alvin York? No, Gary uh, Cooper. Gary Cooper. Cooper. Okay. And the
1: thing was that York, that the that's the only authentic movie. He sat, on, he stayed on the set, and he saw to it that everything was authentic. And he wouldn't even let them smoke on the set. But he went out on the mountain. Uh, he was a objector, and he went out on the mountain and spent a day and a half praying and fasting. And had a <clears throat> the Lord showed him that he was to fight for his country, and when he came down from the mountain, he told his mother he said, "I'll be back and uh, that i don't i I don't endorse movies, but that is one that I know that he was there to see that it was done right.
0: Well, you know and, the family store and the meal still stands down there?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah and as a matter of fact, did you know he preached? He no, I didn't pre- know that. He was a preacher. And he preached at God's Bible School in Cincinnati where my mother and daddy went to uh to Bible school. And he came to the Nazarene Church in Chattanooga and preached. And then like I said, we we went out to uh Andrew, his he's got two Andrew and George, and there was a there was a uh, a very evil Michael Birdwell, uh, MTSU I believe it was M T S U uh professor. Stole all of his papers, and he tried to tell that Alvin York didn't do what he did. So we confronted him at the historical society. We read him the right act, and he didn't get anywhere. But he 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 talked Andrew out of those papers, and and I don't think he ever got them back. But but we took care of him up there at that historical society on a Sunday afternoon. So he he didn't get anywhere with his fairy tales. But York. York is a. It's wonderful to to read about him, but we knew him. In other words, Very fascinating story. Oh, it's wonderful, really, and what he did. He just the spirit of God came upon him at right. that particular battle, and 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 he just he started picking them off like turkeys. He said from the back, you know, so they <laughs> wouldn't know. <laughs> they wouldn't know they were being did he hit. he a
0: turkey car, or was that somebody else? He did it. I it thought was it was him that did that. Done a turkey call, and they would raise their head up, and that's when he would get them.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, it's wonderful. It, I, that's the only movie I let my my grandchildren watch.
0: Lot of, a lot of pe- lot of people look look down on us hillbillies, but I tell you what, they, they some uh, very uh, what would you say uh,
3: innovative what, Bill, ways that they do things. That's
0: uh, what,
1: in people built the country. Ed, were you going right. to say
3: something? I was going to say uh, Audie Murphy ha- he did his own movie and he started in his own movie called To Hell and Back. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, that that was a good one. He stayed on the set, but he played himself in the movie. Right. Oh, okay. I think he was the only one ever to play himself, or any like a soldier that received the Medal of Honor, or an actor that was a soldier. or Something uh, he was the only one ever to play himself.
0: Is that right? Mm-hmm. I found something fascinating a uh, while well back that I grew up watching Gunsmoke with James Arnaz. And I didn't know until recently that he actually was in the military and suffered a, well, won a Purple Heart, was shot in the leg. And if you ever watch, after I found that out, some of the shows, you'll see him limping.
1: Yeah, he, that was his limp.
0: hmm and they say they said that his leg would hurt him so bad he'd have to sit down and, and rest it in between shoots. Wow. That he you know that sometimes they had to stop filming for for enough time for his leg to ease up so he could go on back to acting. But yeah. you know, there's a lot of people there's been people that you know that's been in Hollywood there's been just common people store owners and you know our country the first people to fight for our country was farmers and store owners and uh uh-huh. you know, a lot of them, uh, the richer people, you know, that own plantations in the South and industry in the North, they 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 pretty much outfitted their own units and they got their rank because they had the money to do it. But uh, a lot of those people gave up their fortune, and a lot of people, said, well, I don't want to lose my house, I don't want to lose my job, I don't want to lose this, I don't want to lose that. But if they hadn't done what they done, I mean, my fourth grade uncle was George Rogers Clark. And oh really Revol- yeah and william thomas clark was my fourth great grandfather
1: okay you've got some ancestry back there right. I knew you by the
0: to- time the war was over the revolutionary war was over george rogers clark didn't have the money to pay his people and some of his slaves joined him in the fight so when he come back what is clark county indiana was his property along with oh. Lucas grove over in louisville and he had to Divide all that. Well, he didn't have to, but he did because he didn't want to owe, you know, his men and and everything. He freed all his slaves. He gave all of his land in Clark County, Indiana, into equal parcels for all of them.
1: That's the that's the real issue with the Civil War is that you had a you you had a right to manumit your own slaves, but for the government to force you, that was what was what made people mad. Right, and and, and uh, Elizabeth Henry, who was Patrick Henry's sister, she manumitted her own slaves. It's an insult for the government to come in and make you make you give up your slaves. Uh, yeah, they they it, wanted the right to do it themselves, and, it, and they would. They they many did. It's that old propaganda, but we know where it's all coming from. But if I you
0: really look, Lord, go ahead. No, go ahead. If you really look at the Civil War. It wasn't so much about slavery. No. The North wanted cheap labor. The South had cheap labor because they had slavery. But in the South, if a black person, a slave got sick, they had a doctor take care of that slave. They didn't have the best life and some were abused. I'll give them that, okay? But at least they had a roof over their head that kept them dry. They had food in their bellies and they were doctored if they were sick. Now, I'm not saying slavery was good. Don't get me wrong, okay? Because I oppose it. I mean, but,
1: they, they, I mean they, would you rather be over there with a the cannibal?
0: Right. As a farmer, if I've got a plow horse, okay? And I have used horses to plow, mules to plow. I grew up five years old. I was behind a mule, okay? Uh, <clears throat> as a farmer, that mule is your living. So you take care of that mule. Yeah. Well, in the, that's that's the way they looked at, at at their slaves, you know. Well, you know the I got to take care of it. Uh, most of them there were some cruel masters and there was some cruel, you know, rape and things that went on. But then when they went north, what they got was they had nowhere that anybody let them live and then they only got to pay a third of what everybody else got paid. So oh, it. what was crueler? They couldn't eat, they couldn't afford doctors they, and they slept in the streets.
3: All right. What are you gonna say, Ed? Oh, um, what I was gonna say was, uh, you know, the the slaves in the South were actually treated far better than the Irish in Pennsylvania. Yes.
1: Oh, listen,
3: they. And, uh, also, what the history books don't ever tell you is, and what I don't see anybody ever ever questioning this, is there was sixty, there was sixty five thousand black troops that fought for the South. Uh organized and Uh the slavery he he did the emancipation proclamation in 1863 three years into the war only because he was running out of white boys doing the killing
1: and he wanted
3: to get some cheap soldiers fast what do you do hey i'll make you free if you join my army and then you give him picks and shovels okay well and you know too in in uh
0: what was 1814 Battle of New Orleans Uh, when they got down there it was a volunteer attachment of black people who showed up and dug two miles worth of trenches and put up two miles worth of bulwarks that gave them the trenches and the bulwarks to fight behind at the Battle of New Orleans you know, people don't realize that, that there's history there.
3: That history. Right. I, I may be, I may be from California, but my family, my grandma came out here from Thayer, Missouri, barefoot and pregnant at the end of world war II with my grandpa. Wow. After he got out the war, my family goes way back in Missouri, Oklahoma, um, hey. all those, all those areas out there, Arkansas, but mostly in Missouri, um, Okay. I mean on my family tree I've got General Thomas Jonathan Jackson and President Andrew Jackson.
1: Oh really?
3: Yeah, that's proven. I have the paperwork for it.
1: Are you in the Sons of the Revolution? No. Should be.
3: Organizations the- yeah, a lot of those organizations out here have been shut down. Really? Yeah, you not I mean, one up. That'd be hard to the- out here.
1: I'm in the DAR.
3: Oh wow! Okay.
1: Uh, my my ancestor, but here's what here's what Robert E. Lee said in 1865. I fought against the people of the North because I believe they were seeking to wrest from the South dearest rights. It was about the Bill of Rights. And he said, "I never cherished bitter feelings, and have never seen the day when I did not pray for them." That's Robert E. Lee.
3: But it was, well, it
1: was bill
3: of- And to do to this day, Robert E. Lee surrendered the army. Right. Davis never surrendered the government. Right. So the way I look at it is the unions the Union Yankees are still occupying the South. Yeah. Well, we
1: had to keep the union together because they wanted to break us up into a lot of little Countries. Our governor, Brownlow, in 1865, he wrote about it. And he said, Our sympathies are with the South, but he said, You can't break up this union because they, he said, foreignism, Romanism, and bogus democracy wanted to divide us and make us like Europe into a lot of little countries. And that's why Tennessee, you know, they split. We had 30, what, 36 counties that went with the union? Because Their sympathies with the Union, and we've got to do that same thing today. My husband said the South should have taken over instead of getting out. That was his position.
0: Well, you know, when the war was over, President Lincoln had already given Grant the orders of what he wanted as terms of surrender. And when Robert E. Lee went to surrender, he put on his, he always kept an immaculate clean uniform for when he had, yeah. he took and he cleaned up, he dressed, he put it on, he got on his horse, uh, I think his name was Trigger. Traveler. Traveler, yeah, Traveler. He got on his horse Traveler and he went to meet General Grant and they sent a rider for General Grant and they met at a farmhouse. And they went in, they had a cigar and they had a drink and they discussed old times because they had been classmates. And then finally they got around to the surrender. And when uh, Lee asked what the uh, terms of surrender would be, General Grant repeated what Abraham Lincoln had told him. Take your arms and go home. That was it. That
1: was it. That's what the Lord has preserved us all these years through all the wars. And I, I, if you'll, I've got, I just ordered a hundred copies of the vision that George Washington saw. It's really, really good. And, And Debbie, if you'll call me, I'll send you some of these. They're. They're still in print from uh, Randleman, North Carolina. It's an old, old track, but it's all authentic. How he saw, the, uh, had a vision of what was going to happen in the United States, and the last part of it, he, he described World War One, World War Two, but the last part of it was divine intervention, and that's where we are now. He said it would be the worst time in our history, but he said there'd be divine intervention. So I'll I send you believe something.
0: we are headed toward a jubilee.
1: Yeah, we are. Next year will be a good year. Yeah. I, I know it will, and and I, I thank the Lord. He's he's taken us through some dark places, and 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 it's there's a lot of good people in this country, and I proved it in Tennessee because I got all of those counties voting.
2: Well, I you know we're 900-
0: told we're told by Washington that you know we think this and we think that, but the polls just does not yeah. go with what they're teaching, and. You can go out on the street. I do this all the time, and I talk to people. I get a feel for things. Um, when you go out on the street and you talk to people, you find very few people that agree with what's going on in D.C.
1: Yeah, I know. the people are with us. It's just they, it's hard for them to get together, but God is going to do this, okay? It's like Washington said, divine intervention. And, right. uh, and uh, I, before we close, I'm not trying to run your program. But I think we ought to have a word of prayer.
0: Well, We're I was going to up. ask you to do that tonight, because okay. I try to remember it when I do the show, but since you're a chaplain, I'd like to have you do that.
1: Okay. It's an honor to meet all three of you, and uh, uh, I'll just ask the Lord to give put a blessing. We're coming up to our big anniversary. Dear Father, I thank you for this night that we've had to discuss. this. kind of reminds me, maybe, when they gathered in Philadelphia and different things that were going on all months of June and, and July and we've got a little tokens here and these two from California. And I had two from California in my house last week. I just really like for you to visit California again.
2: Yes.
1: And gather all those good people on their knees and 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 remember the the beginnings of holiness there and the Bibles and I pray that you'd use it. Ed and Debbie, that you would be to them very special in their in their soul, that you would, if there's sin, that they would take it to the cross you forgive them and use them mightily. And I, I pray that you'd bless Bill for his efforts to put us all together tonight. And so we look to you to do a mighty work in our country. And we love your What you've done for us this far, and we've seen many miracles, and we've seen your hand in the earth. So I pray, Lord, your mercy would endure even to now. And you send a revival and shut down all this wicked entertainment and silence our enemies. And as Roland Mitchell said, we want to see about three-fourths of Washington cleaned out. That they would just get rid of them like you did in the days of Hezekiah. Yes. Hundred and eighty five thousand dead corpses. We pray that you'd clean up our country and show yourself to be our God. And we do thank you for this night. Pray that you'd remember our covenant and have mercy on the United States. And we promise to give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And I want you all there's a there's a man That I know, he has 14 children. He he and his wife, when they early in their married life, they started having trouble of who was going to run things. And he bought a copy of the Ten Commandments and put it on his refrigerator. He called all the children up there. He said, "I'm not going to be the head, and your mama's not going to be the head. This is going to be the head." He said that those commandments. We're going to answer to them. And he said they had peace in their family because, and he said even the neighbors noticed the difference in their house. And he gave away over a million copies of the Ten Commandments. And that's the definition of sin. There's no other definition of sin. Right. It's, not a, it's not a sin not to like somebody or to be so-called racist or whatever. Sin is a willful transgression of god's law and so i just pray that that you you all will get along with the lord and go over each one of those commandments and take the blood of jesus and he'll wipe all that guilt out and make you a new creature and and let's let's get this job done and god bless
0: go ahead I, I, i was just saying amen to that You're Still there, June? Yes. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead.
1: That's all right. I just—I was through. I just said that's—that's that's the answer. Right. It's, it's a sinful people, but He will clean you. He will clean you of sin and, and 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 make you a fit vessel to to save your save your country. And He'll make ways for you that you cannot imagine. He said, "I have not seen or ear heard or enter into the heart of of." Man, the things the Lord has prepared for them that love him. And perfect love of God. I I tell you all, I love God. It's not a burden. I love him with all my heart. And I'm not a widow. I took the Lord to be my husband. He's taken care of me. And I'm not afraid. And he'll be the same to you. So Lord bless you all, and thank you
0: for the time. Well, God bless you, and you're welcome back anytime. You've got the number to call in. Uh, uh, yeah. And
1: Can you believe I actually did that?
0: <laughs> you did good. You mm-hmm. did great. Oh. Uh, you know, anytime you think you might want to be on a show, just give me an email or give me a call, and uh, we'll get you set up. You know, I'll let you know what time we're going to tape or whatever. Uh, we've been taping at nine, but we were discussing today we're going to have to start taping at different times because, as life gets back to normal, everybody's got work, you know. And,
1: I know we do have to make a living.
0: Yeah, we we do have to take care of our families and ourselves. And uh, well,
1: I I appreciate. It. I probably talked too much, but I don't know. No. We
0: enjoy. I enjoyed it, didn't you Oh yeah. And uh,
1: call any time, and and we'll we'll get the job done.
0: all righty well thanks for coming tonight june we love you and you have a good night and good night debbie good night ed and uh good night everybody and uh may god bless you may god bless your family may god bless your home and keep you safe thank you most of all may god bless america good night
2: good night